0: Ladies and gentlemen, he's the samurai of student ministry, the networking ninja, a Jedi master of church budgets, the beast, from the southeast, the next-gen nerd himself. See you. What's up, my nerds? You're listening to the Next Gen Nerd Podcast. Today's interview is with my buddy, M.D.B. from LTN, and we're going to be talking about Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, arguably the best one in the series. If you like the content, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and if you could, leave five stars in a review anywhere you're listening to it, and that would be most excellent. If you head over to nextgennerd.com, you can also share any episode from there to your social media. Before we jump into the interview, this week I wanted to highlight a few things I've been reading, playing, and watching lately. Alright, so first reading. I just finished Volume 6 of Birthright. This is an image comic series about a boy who goes missing and then shows up on the one-year anniversary of his disappearance, but he's 20 years older and looks like Conan the Barbarian. I don't want to spoil a whole lot of the series, but let me just tell you, the second you finish one volume, you want to pick the second one up. It is excellent. There's 10 volumes total, so I've got four left to go, but i probably have to wait a little bit before I can go ahead and finish it off because I have a lot of other things that I would like to read. But the pacing and the storytelling in this series is excellent, Uh, and the illustrations are beautiful. So even if you don't want to read, if you just want to flip through the pages, uh, they are beautiful. It is definitely not for kids. Uh, There's not really a whole lot of language or things like that. There's just a lot of gore and fighting. I mean, imagine Conan the Barbarian killing things, it gets a little bloody. But I encourage you to check it out, because it's pretty sweet. We'll have to do a whole episode on it eventually with Todd Turner, I'm also reading the Dissension series, thanks Todd for sending me those issues, uh, and it's been pretty great. Uh, I'm on Volume 2 and really enjoying the aesthetic of it. Uh, the, uh, the creator of this also did 4001 AD, which I happen to have as well, and really enjoyed. It was a short one-run comic, and uh, so I'm, I'm enjoying getting some more of his style reading this. It's been pretty great, uh, and we'll probably have a future episode on that as well. I just finished the first book in the Singularity series by Jeremy Robinson titled Infinite. Uh, it is an interesting book, interesting series. Uh, this one dealt heavily with uh, artificial intelligence and uh, you know, do we live in a simulation? And uh, it was a, it was, it was really neat, really neat. Uh, also, not a kids' book, so just keep that in mind. But really good. Uh, looking forward to reading the rest of the series. There. Up next, some things that I'm looking forward to reading. I uh, just listened to a. Breakout session from a conference I went to previously where they talked about finding um, uh, ways to communicate the gospel and the truth of scripture uh, in Chronicles of Narnia and Lord of the Rings. And so uh, the person who was sharing that um, uh, suggested that we read the Chronicles of Narnia in release order. I've read them in chronological order. And she did not think that was a good idea. She said that you should read it the way it was released. That was the way that C.S. Lewis wanted them to be read. So I'm looking forward to giving that a shot and reading them in in release order. And let's be honest, the amount of times that I watch Star Wars in different orders, I have my favorite order as well. So I'll just kind of apply that to here. Uh, And then also she recommended His Majesty's Dragon, which is going to sound really nerdy, but let's be honest, you're listening to the Next Gen Nerd Podcast. If we didn't keep it nerdy, we wouldn't be honest. But it is a... Alternate history book set during the Napoleonic Wars, but in this timeline, there's dragons. Uh, so, yeah, it's really nerdy, but uh, I'm looking forward to reading it and enjoying that. So that's what I've been reading. watching Lately, I've been watching several Miyazaki films. Uh, that's uh, Hayao Miyazaki is the producer for Studio Ghibli. And so um, I've been watching those in preparation for Miyazaki May. And so we've got a series coming up in May. We're going to be looking at several of those movies: Uh, Princess Mononoke, Nausicaa, uh, and Valley of the Wind, Castle in the Sky, My Neighbor Totoro. Uh, And so if you've never watched any of those films, um, they are weird. Uh, I watched one with Carrie, and uh, she goes, "It wasn't bad. It was just weird." But they are beautifully drawn. Uh, The story is very engaging. But um, but you will be wondering the whole time, like, what is happening? At least that's, that's me. That's me, but I'm enjoying watching them. And so uh, looking forward to talking about those more in the coming weeks. Uh, but just to give you a little taste, Princess Mononoke is about kind of the battle between industrialization and urban spread versus the protection of natural spaces, kind of. Uh, throw in their Japanese folklore and a really weird-looking creature with a really weird face... Uh, and a giant wolf that a girl rides on the back, and you got a Miyazaki film. So um, those are all on uh, HBO Max, or whatever it's called now, Uh, so feel free to check those out. We're going to be talking about them in the coming weeks. Uh, Yeah, and then finally playing. Uh, I've not really been playing any video games lately, but I have been doing some tabletop RPG games. So... Uh, dungeons and dragons currently uh, on tuesday nights i'm on hearth and hammers dungeons and dragons stream uh on twitch tv so twitch.tv slash hearth and hammer and um i really enjoy doing that they have video on demand so if you don't want to stay up late on tuesdays you can watch it later uh but i'm getting ready to kick off a couple other games in the next several weeks uh one with my siblings we're not sure what we want to do we're thinking about taking the dungeons and dragons mechanic and applying it to a different setting um and we're looking at doing that, also looking with some LTN friends doing uh, another another game there, and it's a lot, but if you are interested in kind of hearing what we're doing and what's going on, probably the best place to find out about that is on our Discord, we just uh, created a Next Gen Nerd Discord, and there is a link to that in the show notes, if you want to check that out and come and join us and see kind of what we're talking about, you are welcome to do so. You can also hit me up at nextgennerdpodcast at gmail.com and you can share what you're into or you can ask questions about what I've been watching or listening to or playing uh, and uh would love to talk to you about that. Stay tuned after the interview uh, to hear about some exciting developments coming down the Next Gen Nerd pipeline. But it's time to start the interview. Let's get nerdy. Well, like I mentioned at the top of the show, our topic today is Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, and I've got my buddy. He's known as MDB at LTN, uh, and he his real name is Michael. So, uh, MDB, how's how's your day going, man?
1: Man, it's uh, it's going better now. that I get to talk to you.
0: There you go. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. So, uh, I got to meet MDB at LTN Con. Um, we were both walking around with flat bill caps, LTN jerseys, and big beards, and so we knew that that it was it was it was a friendship meant to be. Friendship meant to be.
1: That's about that's about the facts of it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, when I was thinking through, you know, um, uh, different people to have on, uh, I, I thought of, I thought of you, and I said, okay, well, tell me some of your your you know your favorite games or whatever. And you mentioned Assassin's Creed Four uh, was your. You said this is your favorite Assassin's Creed.
1: That's it's probably it's not. It's my favorite Assassin's Creed. if not top game of all time.
0: Okay, listen, which I'm, I'm in. I love this game. I love this game. And so we're going to get into why I love it a little bit. But I would love to know why you love Black Flag. Like why this one is top tier for you.
1: Um, so this one, you know, a little bit of the history of the series. Um, we've had heroes. We've had, we've had heroes for at this point for the past, I think it's about four games, five games, somewhere in there. Um, you know, people who are doing something for the benefit of the society. And then we're introduced to this guy Edward Kenway. He is he is not in it for the benefit society. He's in it for Edward. Um, <laughs> that's that that's his guess. His goal is what's best for Edward and nothing else. Um, so we we have a character that has a lot of growth to him as we work through this this story. Mm. You go from a, a pirate who's interested only in for himself to learning there's a whole world outside that he his actions affect mm. and how he cho- can now choose. What actions to take to see, you know, what positive thing can I do for my daughter, or for the people I'm trying to help, or you know, for the people of my crew that I've created, um, instead of just acting very selfishly.
0: Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I'm glad you mentioned the daughter. That was kind of an antithesis to his his prequel or the the pre story there of him leaving his family to go and do what he wants to do. Um, and yeah. you know, I never I never really thought about it that way about the the character development arc of of him moving from less selfish uh, uh for, for for more selfish to less selfish um uh and and so that's a that's a that's a great point that's a great point as a florida boy just the idea of being a pirate in the in the caribbean like on the water like yes this is my game this this is thoroughly enjoyable uh just for that aspect to be able to go visit places that oh yeah i've been there i've been there i've been to that place yeah. before uh so uh you know Yes, I've I've been uh, intrigued by pirates because it's kind of part of our culture, especially like in like the St. Augustine area, which is not far from my house. Um, yeah. uh, pirates are a big deal there. Key West, which I've visited several times, pirates are a big deal there. Uh, so so yeah, so that was just the, that setting was fun, um, uh, and I think one of the reasons why I really enjoyed it is they did they took something that had a lot of potential in Assassin's Creed Three. And fleshed it out, and that was the ship combat. Like ship combat yeah. for me was very enjoyable. Um, it was um, uh, it was easy to pick up, uh, and um, and and but there was a, a mastering process. You know, like you had like like to figure out how to take care of the. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, I think I read somewhere that. Um, just under half the game takes place on the ocean, uh, and so yep. the, the amount of money they sunk into the coating for the water—like if you still look at it today, like it still holds up, like this is good. Um, yeah. But that was probably that was probably one of my favorite parts. Was that number one? Number two. Um, I also saw this somewhere, and I, I agree. In the first one, the first uh, Assassin's Creed, it's almost like muted colors in the different environments we're in and here you have Assassin's Creed black flag and they're just beautiful scenes everywhere, you know, exploring mm-hmm. one of the, 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 bigger islands, um, uh, hunting the creatures on the bigger islands, even diving, uh, in the shipwrecks was just, it was all, um, aesthetically pleasing. So you take a fun game and you make it fun to look at too. Uh, and that's why I, uh, I really just really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I'd agree with you. The ship combat, it, I mean, it's not, the most realistic ship combat you'd, you'd see. <laughs> but it is it is probably the best video game adaptation you'd have of old sailing ships in, in, in Warfare, um, where you actually enjoy the combat at the same time. Um, the fact that they made it different where, you know, if you're fighting a small ship versus if you're fighting a full-size Man of War, what, what actions you have to take. Mm-hmm. Um, they, re- they really fleshed it out to where we understand we made it a lot of ship-to-ship combat. But it's not going to be one hundred percent repetitive, right? um, Which made it a lot more interesting. The the shipwrecks, probably my wife's favorite part is to watch me dive under there and run away from sharks. Um, (laughs) Absolutely, her favorite thing is just to point at me and say, "It's going to eat you." And I'm, yes, yes, thank you. That's that's helpful. (laughs) Um, But on top of that, the fact that once you get to a certain point in the game, the you build your own fleet. So mm. it's no longer just about your ship; it's about what your you can do with these ships you've been attacking and taking, right? right. Um, and just kind of building your own personal wealth and fleet through that direction, which adds a, another, you know, a world building of the game. So we've gone from just having combat and fun to now you get your own little island, and you get to build the fleet that is harbored there, and you get to build the buildings that are there, and you get to make your own little slice of caribbean paradise for yourself um so i mean they they really kind of took the idea of if we're going to do this we've got to go all the way and make this as entertaining as possible and honestly for a game that came out on you know two generations ago you can i played on the switch and guess what it's it's still fun
0: (laughs) so uh so i played through all the way through one time then i got it for xbox one and i got about halfway through i haven't finished it i've been playing uh actually i've been playing assassin's creed odyssey at this point um but uh yeah, the, I've got Kenway's fleet listed here. You know that where you're able to capture these ships and basically just set them up for um, uh, kind of automated income, like just automated income. You send them out, and that was that was nice to be able to not have to worry about doing that. That's one of the things I like least about uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is it's taking it's a grind to upgrade everything. Like whereas yeah. in Assassin's Creed Black Flag, once you get to a certain point, it's this tipping point. And the income just keeps rolling in, and then you can do what you want to do. Um, yep. This, I don't know that we're ever going to get to it. I'm, I'm looking at it on this other screen. I don't know that we're ever going to get to uh, it, it, feeling that way um, moving forward. But uh, but that was it was it was very interesting that idea of unlocking other islands and and further away places and taking care of missions and uh, it was uh, it was I mean even even the combat there was much more simplified, but it was still fun, still fun, still enjoyed yep. it. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: You're good.
0: I was gonna say, uh, some I've got you know what makes it stand out from other Assassin's Creed games. You got the naval combat. Um, uh, the whaling was another thing, which I read somewhere where they had come under a lot of fire because they were glorifying killing whales, uh, and they were. The response was the response was This is a historical game. It was a historical practice. You know, we're, we're also murdering people on every corner. We're not we're not endorsing that either. But it's just this no. is this is the game. Uh, You've decided to pick whaling as the issue you have here instead of killing thousands of people in a sixty-hour run through, but
1: uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, and that's, and that's the thing. Like, you're not just killing whales; you can kill some sharks too. But um, the the idea there is is it's one hundred percent correct. The whaling industry still exists, and mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's much more controlled than it used to be. Um, I understand people or have feelings with it, but. At the same time, the game is not glorifying anything that's happening here. The game is just trying to tell you what happened in the past. Right. Um, Right. And that's... I I mean, sad truths are are still true. Yes. Yes.
0: Um, Okay, so we've talked about all the things we really enjoy about the game. What's the most annoying part for you of the game?
1: Um, The most annoying part of the game is this This is a 360 game. So this is, is, you know... Fresh off of the you know the original Xbox, all these nature, it is buggy. Mm-hmm. There, there, you are going to run into things that just will not load correctly. And even if you get remastered and remade versions, all they did was make it look prettier. They didn't fix the bugs because the bugs are there forever. Um, <laughs> so you may run into walls that you can't go through. You may jump off of something and you will just keep falling. Um, it's it's just the nature of the beast of games back then. Um, that that'd probably be my biggest annoyance. Um, my other annoyance would be um, stealth missions. Um, I have a love hate relationship with stealth. Okay. Um, I like to think I'm good at it, and then about three minutes in, I'm getting really bored. I want to stab something in these games because that's, that's that's what we're playing this game for. Yes. Um, so, it 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 it's there. It's it's an important part because I mean, you're still you're still trying to be an assassin by the end of this. You're still trying to be stealthy, but at the same time. I get I get tired of jumping on rooftops and following people around.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I am with you. There's and I think there was more tailing missions in this game than there have been in other ones. Um and they do. They they slow everything down and you gotta wait. And I mean, yes, this is to push the story forward, but um, but that was uh that was definitely frustrating. Yeah, the um Bugs were annoying. Some of the parkour too, like you would just inexplicably fall off of the highest point on a pirate ship, and then possibly die, and then lose the whole con, and you have to start all over. Got to start, start all over, but start that that piece all over again. And um, so that was kind of frustrating. He's like, I did not push to jump that way. I did not push to jump. I did not push to drop that. So it's all those all those bugs. Which I mean, really, if we're picking out those tiny things that happen on a very rare occasion, it's a fairly good game. Fairly good game. Yep. So um, the next Assassin's Creed, I, I haven't looked to see if they have anything listed. Where would you want to see the franchise go next? Like, what piece of history would you want to see go next, or or what would you want them to add moving forward? What are your thoughts?
1: Um. So I've heard. I've heard rumors. Uh, um. There are rumors that we go to uh, Aztec 8 nature. Uh, so going okay. into Central and South America. Okay. Um. There's always the rumor that we're going to feudal Japan or ancient Japan. Um, which hundred yes. percent have been okay yes. with that decision. Um Samurai's think, Creed. Yes please. Yes. Um, which I I think after playing the, the game Ghost of Tsushima, which is basically an Assassin's Creed game just without it, I think it has a lot of potential, a lot of story, a lot of um different art and visuals that they can create. Um the last one they did this Assassin's Creed Valhalla where, you know, you're all over um and ireland and england and normandy and you're seeing all these different regions um and watching as you know changes if you go south it's you know you've got more fauna and flora and then you go up north and you've got snow-capped mountains and i feel like they just there's a lot of potential there for what they're trying to do which is give you a very beautiful set with a compelling story and as true of a history as they can tell Mm. while inserting you know these two ancient forces have been fighting since the beginning of time. Um, so I think, I think they could do a lot of good in that direction. Um, but I also, you know, I, I wasn't sure how Egypt or ancient Greece was going to go, um, and both blew it out of the water. So yep. if they go with Aztec, I mean, it could be a lot more fun than I think.
0: Yeah, how, how modern do you think they can go? How far, how, um, how close to present time do you think they can go and it not feel like this is not an Assassin's Creed game?
1: So the the closest they've probably ever gone would be um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which is when they were in probably post Civil War, just before um, the turn of the century, uh, in London. Right. Um, which was a very a very good game. This is one of the the first one where you got to be with a female character in a mainline game. Mm. Um, so you got to play a set of twins, a brother and a sister, um, and that that worked pretty well. Um, it locked you into one city that was in the middle of the industrial revolution so it added a couple of things um, some more modern firearms kind of a, a gas gun for zip for zip lining um, so it had some so it had some uh, stuff like that towards the end you could be the daughter of one of them and it was uh, World War one time okay that felt a little bit too close to home um, okay it felt like there was a lot of a lot of history that, we had at this point because i mean closer you come to our our current times the more we know about what what happened um so i feel like they'd have to have their absolute a game if they went that close Mm. onto what actually happened um and you'll have more fight back of oh well this this didn't happen well yes but we need it for the story Mm. um so just just kind of that balancing act. of you could do a world war one era and say you know all these countries that were basically just asking to go to war, the Templars were causing it the assassins right. were trying to stop it. But you just have to have your facts on it.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking like, um, uh, I don't know if you've read, uh, Abraham Lincoln, uh, Vampire Hunter. I don't know if you read that book or not. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's a, you know, it, I guess an example of if you could do an alternate history, have it very close, adjust several things and then have a completely different premise, you know? And so, um, uh, I'm just I'm I'm thinking through the mechanics and going okay, you know the the up close combat is really what is the the hallmark of all these games and at what point do you go they're not doing that anymore you know they're not going to get that close um, so it would I was just I was just wondering how far how far modern it could go um, and yeah I guess World War One um, you know getting behind enemy lines and and especially with trench warfare, you could probably do something there that might work out. Okay. But after that, um, not as much, not as much. I mean, I guess you got some spy games, so I mean, you could be a spy that we're trying to infiltrate, you know, whatever. I don't know, but, um, but I'm with you on uh, fuel Japan. Fuel Japan sounds like a, sounds like a lot of fun. Um, uh, yeah, Egypt, I, I Egypt, I, it was okay. It was, I, I've got that one. I haven't beaten that one yet. I played probably 50% of the way through the story on that one. um, I'm a, I mean, a big fan of uh, ancient Greece and so uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed this one. Uh, Valhalla is sitting on my shelf I will not start it until I finish this one uh, which I, I'm, I'm getting closer and closer. I'm getting closer and closer. I'm looking at my map of the cultists on uh, ancient Greece and I've got like seven left you know so like I'm I'm getting closer and closer to finishing this one but not there yet but I would love to play as a ninja or as a samurai samurai would be so much fun to play as a samurai. Um, that would be, that would be good. That would be good. So looking at certain mechanics that have been added across the games, is there anything you go, man, I really wish they could include more of this or adjust this, um, uh, bring it like it could be something as revolutionary as the naval combat or something smaller. What, what are, what is Assassin's Creed missing?
1: Um, so I think I think we lost a little bit. So the naval naval combat started in three, went into four, and then went into rogue, and then it's a little bit of an odyssey. Um, it's not a it's not a very big focus, but it's there. Um, so I feel like we had an option for more than just the um, the running gun. Um, mm-hmm. You know, post quarter fighting because um, with Valhalla you have a ship, but you're really not you're just using it to get places. Right. Um, right. It, it's more of a transport. So I feel like they. They could they if they could find a way to include more of that of uh, here's a new mechanic that's a little, maybe similar to what you know but also a little different. Um something I liked in um, Odyssey is the control battle. Um, mm-hmm. that didn't transfer yep. over that it would really have liked um, where you you know you kind of control the outcome of, of the side story. So right. the main story, of course, is about the assassins and the Templars, but the side story is Oh, do I you know, do I want it to be the the Spartans or the Athenians? Well, you know, and I, I kinda wish could you be a Vik can help the Vikings or help the English or something mm. something of that nature. Right. So I, I feel like they could do they could do that. Um, especially if they were to go feudal Japan, say right around the civil war in the eighteen hundreds. Um I feel like that'd be a really interesting of you, know, you get to pick your side. Do you side with the Shogunite or do you side with the Imperialists? Um, something of that nature. Yeah. So just Just a little bit more control into the historic aspect of what's around you. I got
0: you. So uh, one thing I've gotten into more in uh, in some of the newer Assassin's Creed games is, especially Odyssey, where you have these bases where you have nine objectives you have to go through. And I could just wipe the entire base out, but I try to instead uh, see how many of the objectives I can complete without killing anyone extra. Just to see if I can do it. Uh, Originally, it was because I didn't have enough money to keep paying off the bounties because you kill a dozen people and now you got to pay the bounty off. Um, And I'm wondering if you could take a piece from like a game, a game like Hitman, where they have these extra little objectives, you know, like instead of going in and stealing something, could you get in and plant this piece? Or could you, you're going to assassinate this person, but to make it look like an accident, you have to go ahead and set these things in motion, uh, extra pieces to. Rather than just can I get in there and run away, uh, can I be a true master of, of this? Um, yep. I don't know. I, I, it might be might be a, a fun thing to add there. Um, so well, that,
1: that's that's something that that I feel like we've also lost. That you know, when you look at Ezio and I um, uh, will never be able to pronounce the first character's name. Um, when you look at them. They they were true assassins. They were the idea was that they were not only you know getting the big fights and clearing ruins, but they were individually attacking people. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the newer series, they've they've lost that a bit. Um, yeah. you're you're much more a fighter. Yeah. Um. So if if we are going to continue to call ourselves the Assassins Creed and be the assassins, I mean we do need to have a little bit more of trained to to kill without people knowing that it was you. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yes, otherwise, they're, it's not really in the shadows.
1: <laughs> no.
0: Yes, this guy jumped off this building and stabbed this dude in the head, and he had uh, an, an assassin's uh, emblem on his... out. Al- yeah, okay, uh, I'm guessing it was the assassins that did that one. Um, yep. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. All right, well, let's take a look at uh, if you were Kenway, but it's not Kenway. Uh, if you were the lead character in Assassin's Creed, a uh, couple things... What would you name your ship, and like, what would it look like? I put on, I put on our questions to think about, like the whole decoration. uh, But, um, but it just in general, like you've got, you're making your ship, and um, uh, yeah, what does it look like? What do you call it?
1: Uh, My ship. That's that's a good question. I've been thinking about this for a minute. Um, My ship would probably be called um, the tidal wave. Okay. um and as the idea is that you know you're you're a pirate in the Caribbean um, your ship is you you're probably a, a solo ship
0: uh, mm-hmm.
1: um so you your best friend is going to be surprised and camufflaged so I feel like I'd, I'd have my ship a little bit more painted blue um some, something to kind of throw off the the view of the horizon okay um so you know by the time you see us, it may be a little bit too late to start taking, you know, the maneuvers you need to take to get away from us. Um, but me, me thinking more practically, um, if we're thinking of just, you know, a fun video game Assassin's Creed ship, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make that thing look as absolutely ridiculous as possible because <laughs> why, why not? You know, have, have some, have some ducky sails and all kinds of just, just coming right at you, full yeah. of cannon fire, because um, you know what, you're gonna be scared of the rover ducky as well. Nice, nice. The rubber ducky. I do like that.
0: Yeah, I went more silly when I was thinking about mine. I um, like I mentioned, I did an episode on um, uh, with the, my brother-in-law recently, and we were looking at the book Hell Divers. And then I don't know if you've read the book Hell Divers. If not, strongly recommend it. Excellent book. Um, but uh, basically, there are these squadrons of marines that rocket out of these blimps to the ground and they have names and so he went very he's a marine and so he was like oh uh we'd be the devil dogs whatever else and i was like okay what would mine be and i used to have this call sign when we were in high school Uh, i was rabid yoda i was rabid yoda and so i was like oh i would be uh i'd be yoda squadron that'd be good and so when i was thinking about this ship it was the same thing it was like you know, something to do with Yoda and then having Yoda on the front of it. Like that as my, as my, <laughs> as my, uh, crest there at the front, the, the decoration, just Yoda sitting there very peacefully uh, as he's, we're coming to sink your ship. Uh, so I don't know. So maybe like, um, uh, I was thinking like, uh, Yoda's dagger or something like that. Some, something Yoda silly, something a little more serious than threatening on the back end. Um, but, uh, but yes. So, and green's my favorite color. And so uh, I would probably have some kind of, uh, green in the sails or in the flag or, um, or something. Uh, my ship would probably be geared more towards speed than, uh, than brute force. Uh, sneak in, do what I gotta do and sneak out would be, uh, I would enjoy that. Um, yes, I would probably be, be marked for speed. It would not be a, um, oh, I'm just drawing a uh, man of war. It wouldn't be like a Spanish man of war. It wouldn't be one of those. Like, I would, I would want to be able to get in and get out. Uh, and so that'd probably be, be mine. Um, yeah, I would, I would do that. All right. So uh, we talked about, uh, very briefly, uh, his home, he finds this Island and he builds it up and puts things on there. Um, it's an Island, but if you were to be a pirate and have a hideout, it doesn't have to be an Island. You can do whatever you want. Like, what does your, uh, what does your hideout look like? Like what, when you're building this up, what are you doing?
1: So like you, I, I happen to have had the privilege of growing up in, in the tropics. like I grew up in the Caribbean. So when I was thinking of this, um, I, I was imagining some of the smaller islands that we'd pass by. I'm thinking just, you know, a rocky outclaw, maybe maybe one entrance beach at best, um, probably a, you know, main house up on top of the outclaw, of something, something that, you know, you had the view of whatever's coming your direction um, with, you know, crew houses and shops and everything down down towards the bottom of the docks. Um, just something that gives you a lot of lot of protection. Um, you know, and at the same time, you know, it, it's it's centrally located. So if you need to get yourself to Kingston or something of that nature, you know, only a couple of days trip. <laughs> I
0: like that. I like that. Uh, I always, I mean, I always have the picture of, uh, you know a cave behind a waterfall like that always has been very interesting to me. Like I, looking for those in games and, um, uh, you know, having that natural camouflage to be able to, to disguise it. Um, I could not be secluded. Like it would probably have to be near a larger settlement, uh, where I would be able to, uh, to be around others. Um, but yes, but having some kind of natural camouflage to be able to, to, to hide. um, yeah, in a cave, underground, something, something like that. Uh, seems seems very interesting to me to do. Um, but close enough. I can get a pizza. That's one of the things. I mean, I yeah. love I love where I live now, but it's it's twelve minutes to pizza. I used to live where I could walk to go get pizza, which was nice, but now I got to get in the car and drive twelve minutes to go get pizza, and no one delivers here. Uh, so I want to be within close distance to pizza. I know sticks, man. I'm in the sticks. I'm in the sticks. Oh, man. So we met at LTN.com. Uh, LTN, for those that are uninitiated, is Love Thy Nerd. Uh, it is a, um, a parachurch ministry that seeks to love our nerdy neighbors. Uh, and right now they're going through somewhat of a shift uh, from uh, individual missions to trying to develop the ability for churches to minister to the nerd community. Uh, And so they've got a lot of things that they've got going on. Uh, If it is in the nerd space, they've got a toe in it, at least a huge active discord. Um, uh, You know, they've got the obligatory Facebook page that they have to have for, uh, for, for communication there. Uh, They're doing stuff on Twitch. Uh, They're going to comic cons. They're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Um, And so, MDB, tell me, how do you interact with LTN? Like, What does your relationship with LTN look like? What do you enjoy about LTN? Where do you uh, spend time in their community? All those things.
1: Okay. So, I I am one of the A1 Day 1 LTNers. I joined them from their previous organization. Um, So, started out mainly on Facebook, because that's where it was. Um, And then, Discord started to become a really good thing. Um, It's a you don't use it. It is a wonderful version of social media that kind of, kind of reminds me of the old AOL chat okay. um, just with larger groups of people. Um, and so that's, that's mainly where the interaction happens now is we get online every day and normally people have it on their backgrounds at work or on their phone or something of that nature and doing their home break or something. And we just kind of interact and talk about each other's day or whatever. Yeah. Nerdy thing is going on or silly thing, or um, we've got all kinds of channels talk about your video games your tabletop your rpg your movies um, books comics all of that um so we're, we're just kind of all over the place on what what is interesting in your life right now because we just we just want to find out what's interesting and let you let you rant about it in a space where nobody's going to tell you oh but hold on no we're, we're just gonna let you keep going because we'd, we'd <laughs> love to see that you're happy so
0: yeah there's been a there's been a couple times where um I'll see somebody going on about something and I'll have to go. It's okay. That's their thing. That's their deal. It's not my deal. It's their deal. Uh yep. and and really for one for that that I'm not really that initiated in that you are is is the uh Gundam miniatures that I always see you uh getting and and uh, do you paint those or just collect just buy them collected painted already?
1: Uh I just my, my wife started them I on me. Mean, I I was collecting pre-made ones cuz I didn't think I had the dexterity to build them. Okay. And my wife for my birthday one year bought me a a build yourself set, and I was like, you know what? Let's just let's just find out. Okay. It took me took me about an hour and a half, and I was like, wow, these are <laughs> actually really fun. They're like Legos, but within anime I've been obsessed with since I was you know ten years old, thanks to Tsunami. There you um, go. So it just kind of came the saying of they're really not that expensive. They're anywhere from fifteen to thirty dollars for what's called high grade, which is just basically the same same level as your basic Lego set. um and so i was just kind of like you know what i love legos but my wallet doesn't so it's much more appreciative if i just build a couple of these and (laughs) you know have two or three of them and you know instead of buying one mandalorian set that's just that's just how that worked out i got you um
0: so uh one thing that i've noticed that you're really involved in and we talked about we had lunch uh i was in chattanooga for a conference and uh we went and talked about different things and you're really involved in the um, Bible discussion uh, on LTN. So tell me about that arm of the discord because it's all through, that's all through discord, right?
1: Yeah. Um, So that kind of, that kind of came about that. We were all talking in what was Bible chat. I believe that may have gone away today, but it's fine. We have other (laughs) stuff. Um, We were all kind of talking about, Hey, I'm reading this. Hey, I'm reading this. Hey, I'm reading this. And they became, what if we all just read it together? Mm. Um, You know, we're, we're, we're a little bit of a community We're you know, the Island of Misfit Toys a little bit of, you know, not everybody in our churches are nerdy, so not everybody understands what we understand. Um, so what if we took the time to study study what, the, what, we're, what we believe in together? Um, and it started out as just kind of a daily Bible reading chat. Where we just kind of, everybody took a vote. Hey, we're going to read this book this month or this book. And then every day we're just going to read a chapter and come here and talk about it. Mm. Um, and that developed into, we we kind of realized if we want to do this seriously, we need to actually talk with each other. Mm. Um, we actually need to take some intentional time at least once a week to communicate what it is we're getting from what we're reading and, or any questions or say, Hey, this is, I'm stumbling on this. What's, what's, what are you guys getting? Right. Um, so it's become every Wednesday around eight o'clock we meet and we just talk for about an hour and a half, um, sometimes less, sometimes more, just depending on the subject. Uh, you know this is this is what you know right now we're going through mark because we're doing a 40-day uh gospel challenge before easter you know this this is what mark three is is getting at me today mm. or mark mark 4 really rocked my world or you know when we were finishing up matthew and and we got to the great commission i was like man I just, it just it was different in the time
0: mm.
1: um and just just kind of letting letting that happen in a space that not i'm not saying everybody doesn't ask but there are a lot that don't they, just, mm-hmm. they may not have that safe space in their church to be like, this is, these are people that I feel like will not judge me for what I don't know. Or, you know, if I apply it to this aspect of my life, they'll just be like, wow, that's something I haven't seen before. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's good,
0: man. And I think it looks like they've got, they're, they're even moving into a more specialized Bible discussion forums. I think they're wanting to do small groups like, um, uh, like Lux does, like Lux Digital Church does, uh, yeah. And so it'll be it'll be interesting to see kind of what comes out of that. What comes out of that? I wish I could participate some. Wednesday nights are tough for me, man. After I get done with youth, it's like 8.45 and then it's I can either spend time with my wife or come and talk to you guys. And I pick her every time.
1: Uh, I don't blame you. This is why <laughs> I, I teach college and young adults, and for whatever reason they pick Tuesday nights to hang out. and I'm okay. like, all right, that's fine. You want your Tuesdays? That means my Wednesdays are free. Perfect. Perfect. Well, sounds good, man. Well,
0: hey, uh, if somebody wanted to uh, find you on social media, where do they go?
1: Um, so I'm on the Facebook on occasion. I'm um, Michael on the Second. Instagram. I'm probably more there uh, at the MDB, um, and then of course the LTN Discord. Um, we I'm usually there every day, just checking in on people. Usually early in the morning, saying where's where's Caffeina? Yes, um, and uh, just just the. Talk about chicken sandwiches and all the fun stuff that we get get along with. So
0: nice, nice. Well, man, I appreciate you coming and spending time with us, and uh, I'll talk to you again soon. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for listening to the show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode, which will be talking about the 92 X-Men, that cartoon that came on Fox Cartoons in 1992. We'll be talking with Steve Valdez from Point Ministries. Really excited about the questions, excited about the interview. It's going to be a good one. You don't want to miss it. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review and five stars so others can find the show. And if you have a comment you'd like to share, drop us an email at nextgennerdpodcast at gmail.com, and I'll read it on the show. If you want even more Next Gen Nerd, you can find me on Instagram at nextgen__nerd or on Twitter at nextgen__nerd. I mentioned at the top of the show that there's some new developments coming. Our next episode will be adding the option of watching the show on YouTube. So we'll have an actual video component to the show. It'll still be available on audio as well. Uh, but eventually we might even do some of these interviews live on Twitch so you can interact with the guest. Uh, but that's for another day. Uh, next month, we are dedicating all our shows to Hayao Miyazaki's films. I mentioned that earlier. We've got several guests lined up to talk about those movies. Uh, and as I said, all of them are available to watch on HBO. HBO Max or Discovery Max or Max Max. I don't know. Whatever they're calling themselves now, they're on there, so you can check it out. Uh, And also, coming up soon, we'll have a merch shop. So if you want a Next Gen coffee mug or a shirt with my face on it, you'll be able to scratch that itch. Uh, This and more is coming soon to the Next Gen Nerd Podcast. Well, that's it for this episode. Until next time. Peace out, Seacrest.